Welcome to the listeners of Tal Radio English. Today's interview aims to focus on nurturing future generations to become compassionate towards communities across the globe. To discuss with us, we have Noah Koski, Compassionate Leaders Program Director at Flourish Foundation. Noah, welcome to the show. Can you please uh, tell us how is Flourish Foundation innovating and facilitating programs that nurture life skills and transformation? Thank you so much for having me. So the Flourish Foundation is a nonprofit based here in Idaho in the U.S. And we focus on trying to cultivate systemic change through promoting personal well-being, benevolent social action, and environmental stewardship. And we do this primarily through mindfulness skills, social-emotional learning, and creating engaging experiential activities for young people and older people as well. Thank you. What are the ethics and values of uh, Flourish Foundation that uh, we are looking forward to build among society? Absolutely. Yeah. So we are actually a values-based organization. So uh, several years ago, we decided to incorporate 12 different values to help guide our work for ourselves. So these 12 values, we have playfulness, we've got ethics, attention, compassion, joy, vulnerability, interdependence, generosity, even heartedness, compassion, wisdom, as well as this mysterious one that we call value 11, which really looks towards engaging with those dimensions of life for ourselves that words are kind of difficult to put towards, awe kind of being maybe the closest word to describe it. So we've got a variety of values that really speak to our work and each month we'll theme all of our adult classes, all of our newsletters and our conversations as a staff around the office, around each value and really seeing if we can embody each of these values as we move through our lives and our work. Right. And I believe you are uh, also empowering the meditation and experiential inquiry to the society. That's a very interesting concept. Can you provide more details about it? Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to any kind of meditation or contemplative practice, of course, there's a lot of value in being able to theorize about it, discuss about it, you know, have these more verbal or cerebral experiences, but really being able to embody and, and really feel the work and these different ways of being in our life, I think, at least from my own experience and the experience I've had with our students, is uh, a really wonderful way to recognize that we don't necessarily have to reach out somewhere to find whatever we're looking for, but these empowering values, these ways of being are really within ourselves already. So we're not necessarily going out to find something, uh, but just almost coming home to what we already have. And through these different experiential inquiries or through meditation, we can really recognize some of our own inner wisdom uh, and find this genuine way of being within ourselves. Right. And how early uh, do you start these programs with school kids at uh, what age or what level of academics that they are into? Yeah. So in the U.S., we started our, our kindergarten class, which is about four years old. And we go all the way up. We've actually done some hospice work with end of life care. So we often say we try to work from cradle to grave. So four years old up until 
however old you are, really. But yes, we start quite young. And primarily, we work with kindergarten, four years old, up to about 18-year-olds. That's sort of our, our main target age. But we work with adults as well. And is there a big change in terms of the way it's delivered for the kindergarten and as they age? Uh, how do you basically expand the level of practice that you deliver to them? Yeah, absolutely. There's um, this kind of this fancy term called vertical integration. And so we have worked with a few childhood psychologists and have tried to map childhood development with contemplative practice. So with the kindergarten class and first grade, second grade, you know, four to six to seven to eight year olds, that sort of age, very, very different than when we get into our final years of schooling when they're 16, 17 and 18. And naturally, as you would probably imagine, you know, a, a four-year-old um, trying to sit in some contemplative practice and they might be kind of wiggly and moving around. And so we focus a lot on relaxation, a lot on kindness, a lot on empathy, recognizing the experience of others. And then as we develop farther up into our latter ages, we focus a lot on compassion, on altruism. Um, we dive into awareness and uh, metacognition and some more advanced experiences, but try to keep it very developmentally appropriate for the students. Right. And that's a, that's a beautiful journey that uh, you are currently focusing on. Also, I, I got to know about something like heart-mind. What actually is it? Yeah, heart-mind is um, it's just a simple word to look at. Oftentimes when we speak about the mind, we are kind of forgetting about this heart experience, this emotional experience. And in the same way, when we focus on the heart experience, we kind of forget that there's this more contemplative aspect to it. So kind of a simple way to be able to look at both of these combined together, that we can really speak about this combination of both our heart and our mind really working together to color the experience that we're having in the world. Beautiful. And uh, I do see that uh, you, you got yourself associated with Flourish Foundation. What actually inspired you to join Flourish and how are you basically progressing in or being instrumental in affecting change uh, by associating with Flourish Foundation? Yeah, so I've been working with Flourish for eight years now. Uh, the organization has been going on for 10 years. We're in our 10th year. And I was actually in India um, traveling around just on my own uh, right after I graduated high school. And I ran into a friend actually up in Ladakh in Leh uh, that I went to high school with totally randomly on the street. And I was really surprised and shocked. And she had um, been there with a group of high school students with the Flourish Foundation and told me that I would be um, perhaps interested in working with this organization. And I came back uh, to Idaho. I had been working in a bookstore and one of the employees' daughters was a part of the program and also had mentioned that I might be interested in the Flourish Foundation. So I kind of had these two different avenues of people um, unexpectedly pointing me towards Flourish. And I actually just kind of cold called Ryan, the man who founded Flourish, and asked if he needed any help with their high school trips that run to India, because I had been there before. And originally, I was just hired primarily as a, as a guide to bring the students to Ladakh. 
And it was really transformative for my own life to be able to spend time with these young people, 16, 17, 18 year olds in not only trying to cultivate some global citizenship, how do we thoughtfully engage in other communities around the world, but also build in this contemplative lens. And I had my own meditation practice for myself and it really rocked my world. So I was just really blown away to kind of have found this deep purpose and deep meaning in work and was really inspired to try to make it the real mission for my life to try to implement some positive change in our students and in the world and create a thoughtful container for young people to investigate values, investigate ethics, and our way of engaging in the world. Right. Uh, and then you have not just traveled to India. You see, you have moved around Morocco and other other parts of the world. What are the activities and programs that you conduct uh, as you uh, visit these uh, newer places? Yeah. So in all of our different areas that we engage in and collaborate with, we focus a lot on really collaboration more than um, like helping specifically in that Oftentimes there can be some difficulties or errors that can be made of um, kind of coming specifically with the lens that we're here to help you, but focusing with our students on how do we show up in other communities around the world with an open mind and an open heart and see, can we listen to the needs and the experience of others to collaborate in building something together? So both in India, we, we work um, mostly up in Ladakh, in the northern part of India. In Morocco, we partner with a wonderful organization called IDMEJ in Casablanca. We've worked in Chiapas in Mexico. We ran a trip to the Philippines. This summer, hopefully, we'll be partnering with a, a, a couple of high school programs in Makanda in South Africa. But all of them are primarily focused on cultural exchange. How do we um, find ways to learn from other people who are dedicated to their own communities and see if we can offer, offer a hand in whatever they're up to. And if not, being able to show up with a caring, thoughtful heart and learn and grow together. So collaboration is really at the forefront of all of the projects and collaborations that we do. Right. And what made you actually very passionate to explore the world and how are you leveraging your passion in helping or fulfilling uh, the foundation's mission? Yeah. You know, I think my, my passion for the world came right after I graduated high school and I went on my first trip. I didn't come from a very um, well-off family, so I had to work in a bookstore, save up as much money as I could. I purposely didn't get a car or a cell phone or anything so I could save up, and so I pinched all of my pennies and uh, traveled and it really just opened my my mind to the degree of growth I could have when I'm in a situation that's really novel and new to myself. And so I just became really passionate about finding new ways to look at the world. Um, I love being proven wrong and discovering just different ways that I can engage with others, seeing how other people engage in the world and just the beauty of our planet in general, even just the natural environment um, around that 
we get to explore and live in is just so inspiring to me. So I think my passion really comes from probably what causes most people to really love the world and love traveling is new experiences, new cultures, new people, um, and just really being able to learn and grow in ways that are unexpected. So tossing myself into the unknown um, for a long time has been just a big passion of mine. Right. And uh, you are also a certified wilderness first responder. Uh, would you like to share with us some of your experiences in wilderness and how you learned to take care for patients in the remote areas or environments? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other jobs I've had in just my own personal life has been working with a, a high school here or a, actually a, a primary to high school here called community school and working with their outdoor program. So so I've spent the past uh, 11 years working with young people out in the wilderness. So doing different backpacking trips, climbing trips, rafting trips, et cetera. And on all of those, having some exposure and experience to wilderness medicine is incredibly useful. And with Flourish, we've also expanded into what we call our environmental stewardship program, where I'll bring students out into the wilderness uh, mostly here in Idaho, but also kind of around the U.S. And we work primarily on clearing trails. So we'll head out there with what are called cross-cut saws. These are two-person saws where you have one person on either end uh, and axes, these tools called Pulaski's to um, chop up logs. And in the wilderness, you're not allowed to have any machinery. So everything has to be done by hand. So we're out there swinging tools, we're backpacking, sleeping in tents for five nights, carrying all of our food in our backpacks, pumping water. And in all of these different situations, naturally there's quite a bit of risk that you are accepting the possibility to find. And so being a wilderness first responder is helpful that if something happens to a student or to one of our other adult leaders or myself to have knowledge on how to um, really be the first person responding to the emergency or to the incident and assessing what's the disability. Are we able to stay in the field? Do we have to evacuate? Can we evacuate by foot? Do we need to call a helicopter? All of those sort of decisions and judgments um, come from practice of being certified as a wilderness first responder. So it's come in handy quite a bit for myself and um Hopefully I don't have to put it to too much use, but having it in the back pocket is really wonderful and really empowers myself to be able to bring young people or anyone really safely into these wilderness environments where there can be just such amazing depth and growth when we're exposed to our, our wild spaces, our wilderness. Right. And you did also handle a lot of medical camps at remote locations. Any emergency situations that... You could uh, share with our listeners. Yeah, you know, thankfully, most of um, most of the emergency situations I've I've been a part of, kind of out on our backpacking experiences, um, have mostly been relatively small, which I feel really fortunate for. You know, we've had some evacuations, but most of them are, you know, for hurt legs or twisted ankles, or mostly just from people falling, kind of tripping or falling down, hitting their head, this sort of thing. So. I feel actually really lucky to have spent so much time in the field and uh, to I don't have that many 
kind of dramatic stories, which um, feels quite lucky. I feel quite fortunate for that. So nothing really too grand to share. And um, ideally I go kind of my whole life with not having too many dramatic experiences out in the wilderness. Right. And can you tell us about the Mindful Awareness Program and Compassionate Leaders Program? Absolutely. Yes. So the Mindful Awareness Program is our word that we use for our kindergarten, fourth grade, up to 12th grade, 18-year-olds, or sorry, four-year-old to 18-year-olds, kindergarten to 12th grade. And this is our in-the-school programming that we run. So we've got uh, curriculums that are full school year, so 36-ish weeks. And we go into the classroom once a week for a 30-minute class that is, again, I mentioned earlier, this vertical integration. So it builds lesson upon each lesson and develops some thread that is specific per grade level. And for this in our valley here, we are in... 49 different classrooms. We have about 1,500 students a week in uh, the Teton County over in Wyoming and Jackson Hole. We're in 80 classrooms, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And we're expanding into a couple other communities now. One actually in South Africa in Makanda is going to be our first international expansion of our programming for the Mindful Awareness Program. We have a 6th and 7th grade that we're just seeing is it um, going to be successful? Is it actually going to be beneficial for all of our growth at Flourish? We always want to make sure that we're kind of thoughtfully moving through, that it it grows organically as we move through our experiences. So the Mindful Awareness Program, probably being our largest program for Flourish, of really engaging four-year-olds up to 18-year-olds in these different contemplative practices, social emotional learning, how do we engage with ourselves, others, and the planet. And then the Compassionate Leaders Program is the program that I've spoken about a little bit already with our international piece. And this is for 16 to 18-year-olds, juniors and seniors in high school in the U.S. And they all, so far, come from our program in Idaho. Uh, One day, hopefully, we'll expand out to other communities. But I've got about 64 students in the program this year. And this all happens outside of the school day at our office. We meet um, once a week with the students. And we have two different curriculums, one on secular ethics. So investigating how do we be good people in the world and really build a enthusiasm for ethics outside of any dogma or theology that it can really just come from what are some core human principles that allow us to treat ourselves, others, and the planet well. So we have a year that we investigate that. And another curriculum that we flip-flop, so every year we alternate between these two, on happiness. So investigating what does it really mean to be happy What role does suffering play in our happiness? Is there a difference between joy and happiness? All of these different avenues to look at what does it really mean to be happy? What do we mean when we say that word? And how do we hopefully cultivate some genuine happiness, again, for ourselves, collectively, and for the planet around us? That's wonderful. 
And uh, one key focus that uh, Flourish also has is adult enrichment, right? What are the core objectives of this initiative? Yeah, so this really developed organically in that primarily for the first many years, we were just working with students and with their teachers and their parents. We just kept getting asked, you know, like, isn't there something for us adults to be able to engage in? And so we have kind of taken a similar model to our Compassionate Leaders Program and our Mindful Awareness Program of these experiential inquiries, these different ways to build community, build a container where conversation can happen, different activities where we can engage deeply with ourselves and create different lessons that can really speak to an adult, which will be very different than a 10-year-old, for example. And like I mentioned in the very beginning of our conversation, we have these 12 different values that we theme each month after. And so our adult enrichment is very much embedded in these 12 values that Flourish has adopted. And so each month we'll have different meditations for adults that might be based on compassion or playfulness or vulnerability. And then we'll have what we call evening conversations where we'll have about an hour and a half Um, meeting with different adults from the community that are free to join and we'll have different discussions around our values and then primarily we'll focus a lot on this experiential inquiry so different activities journal prompts conversations with one another and see can we really just gift ourselves some time in our day some time in our month to really investigate these different inner values that if we cultivate we may be living closer with the ways that we each want to be living in the world. That's a beautiful objective to be actually looking forward to achieve. I, I wish the world is a lot more better for each and every person living on this planet if we have those core objectives met. Uh, well, uh, what, what do you think, Noah, would be your message for today's youth? I think something that's really been a wonderful gift to myself, and it would be amazing for anyone to hopefully find just the beauty and and recognizing that so often we're looking for satisfaction. We're looking for success outside of ourselves. We're always reaching for something and recognizing that we can, we can find this happiness, this well-being within ourselves, that it's really the way that we show up to the world more than what we get from the world. And so if we can really cultivate a compassionate, a kind, a thoughtful lens in which we're showing up for ourselves, showing up for others and showing up for the planet, that not only can this support our own well-being, but the well-being of others. And that it's something that doesn't necessarily depend upon the conditions outside of ourselves, but the conditions inside of ourselves. So recognizing that there's this inner wilderness, this inner landscape that is just as exciting and risky and beautiful and amazing as the world around us. And that our inner world is really determining the way that we engage in the outer world. And what a beautiful place to spend a lot of time in and a lot of thoughtful inquiry and investigating. Absolutely. I must say, Noha, I'm I'm deeply touched to how uh, Flourish Foundation is grooming uh, youth to understand imbibe and experience the world culture and embrace its uh, day-to-day challenges and be one with them and as we'll become a part of their communities all across the world i mean that's a that's a beautiful uh, uh, objective that uh, 
Flourish Foundation is taking forward. And uh, I wish you all the good luck for all your future endeavors. And uh, we are very glad to have you on our show, Doha. Thank you very much for being with us. And thank you so much. I'm I'm so honored to be a part of it. And and thank you for for reaching out and being such a thoughtful interviewer. It was really wonderful. Thank you, Doha.